Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the updated podcast. This is episode two, and it's Friday again. I hope you guys are having a happy Friday. I love Fridays. Fridays are awesome just because you there. There's no other news. Nothing happens really on a Friday, so it's kind of cool. Like usually, um, like there's some product releases on Friday, but everyone knows about those products way earlier and everything like that. So Fridays are just like a really chill day to talk about the week's news and everything like that. So um, yeah. That is that I, I just had that thought and I just want to share that with you guys. I hope you guys are having a happy Friday, but let's get into today's episode. Before we do that, um, if you guys don't know where I'm from, like if you just saw this podcast on whatever podcast platform that you're on, um, I my name is Jeff. I am a content creator on the YouTube platform. I have a channel called Updated. You can find me on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash updated. You can also find me on Twitter at Jeff Updated. But I am assuming that most of you are coming from the YouTube platform to listen in on the podcast. So if you guys are, I thank you for coming over and uh, kind of listening to me ramble on a little bit more about uh, the the, uh, topics that we have on the channel. And then some topics that I don't really discuss on the channel because I, I don't think they're video worthy, um, maybe podcast worthy, but not video worthy. So um, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode and let's talk about some of the new products that were released in last week's September event. That was September 15th. I actually have two reviews up of two of the products that were released um, at that event, the Apple Watch Series 6 in the eighth generation iPad. But there were also two other products that were released at that event. That was the Apple Watch SE and the iPad Air. So we'll talk about those products as well, but I don't actually have those products. The SE was available. The Apple Watch SE was available to purchase. Didn't buy it. Didn't think it was worth it um, to review just because it's not really something that like a lot of people might be interested in. Um, And then the iPad Air, that is not available yet no possible way I could have reviewed it. It is uh, going to be available, I think, in October sometime, something like that. So, yeah. Uh, But let's get into some of the products that I did review. Uh, First one is the Apple Watch Series 6. Boy. That's that's an interesting release. So, I had... uh, Obviously, I I posted a video about it, a review. I had a lot of feedback. Um, But before we get into that feedback... Let me just give you a rundown of what's new. So we have a 2.5 times brighter always on display, blood oxygen level sensors. So basically you can test your blood oxygen level. Um, you have sleep tracking, which is really just brought to you by watchOS 7. And we have new designs for the Apple Watch itself and then new bands. Now let's just break down what's new and really applicable to the Apple Watch itself. So you can only get blood oxygen levels on this series Apple Watch because they're basically new sensors on the bottom of the Apple Watch. And then the new new like watch designs, like the material designs, you can only get on the Series 6. So only the new ones. They, of course, still have some of the old ones, but only the new ones, like the product red Apple Watch, only available on the Apple Watch Series 6. So really, there's only like two things that are really new with the Apple Watch Series 6 or three things. The always-on display being brighter, blood oxygen level, and the new kind of designs for the Apple Watch materials. The bands, the sleep tracking, the uh, altimeter, like Fitness Plus, um, what else do they feature? They featured something else. forgot what it was. 
they feature a lot of stuff on on their event and they were like oh this is new this is new like the sleep tracking it's like everyone has that now in watchOS 7 if your watch can get watchOS 7 you pretty much have sleep tracking so um that was a very confusing event i think to a lot of people because apple kind of presented it in a way that um they were presenting like all these new like quote unquote features and really it was just stuff that comes with watchOS 7, but they were kind of like featuring it with the Apple Watch Series 6. So I think a lot of people are confused. They're like, oh, you can only get that with the Apple Watch Series 6. And to me, that's kind of like, okay, maybe you guys should have put like a few more new features that are only applicable to the Apple Watch Series 6 to make it worthwhile. But um, getting back to the feedback I got on my review video, and a lot of people, told me that they were going to be upgrading from Apple Watch Series 4, Series 3, Series 2, and Series 1. If people had a Series 5, they were like, yeah, it's not worth the update. Um, and I I totally agree with that. I have a Series 5 myself, and if it weren't for my position of reviewing products, I wouldn't have bought the Series 6, simply because there's not enough upgrades. Um, the Apple Watch Series 6 does not bring a lot of upgrades that are going to be useful to people. For me personally, the only upgrade that would be totally useful for me specifically would be the, um, what was I going to say? Shoot, I just lost my train of thought. It was going to be the always on display being 2.5 times brighter. I was kind of enamored by all these other features, but yeah, the always on display being 2.5 times brighter is actually really helpful. You can see all of your information just a little bit better. And what Apple did to maintain battery life that was kind of displayed last year with the Series 5, they basically just put a larger battery so you get the same battery life, um, but you get that added bonus. The blood oxygen level sensors, I feel like that's really cool to have. It's nice to have that as a reference, but um, I, I'm really curious to see how accurate that is. I'll have a video on that very soon on kind of comparing how accurate the two um the two devices are that being a medical device and an Apple Watch Series 6. But I feel if you have a real health concern and you're like really worried about your oxygen level, I don't think you're going to be depending on an Apple Watch. That's just me. It's not medical grade. Apple said it was not medical grade. It's kind of just there as a feature. Um, I wish that Apple would just go all out and say the ECG and blood oxygen stuff is medical grade. I know you have to get like certain licenses and everything like that to make um, make those approved devices and that's going to add to cost, but it's like, why even have these features if like most people aren't going to really rely on them? Um, so that it's just really interesting. Um, but for me, blood oxygen level, it's really just one of those features that may be like, oh, hey, like I can test it like now, but I don't really need to. Um, in this era of COVID, I can imagine that that would be very important to kind of have that. <laughs> but again, don't you want something a little bit more accurate? I don't know. That's just me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like a lot of the stuff on the Apple Watch isn't really something that I personally would um, upgrade for from the Series 5. Um, the new designs for the kind of watch materials, I personally like the higher end stuff. I had the ceramic um, coating on the Apple Watch Series 5, which is now discontinued. Super disappointed about that. Um, but now I just got the black titanium. So, for me, literally no change whatsoever. I mean, like, I'm not really interested in a product red Apple Watch just because it's it's too much. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna wear a red Apple Watch um, all day long and every day. I mean, that's kind of weird. Um, but a lot of people out there like color, but I just feel like if you commit to that certain color, like, 
you really have to commit. So that's just me. Um, but a lot of feedback on the Series 5 owners saying that, hey, I'm not going to upgrade. And I totally understand that. And I respect it too. I don't think you, that you should like upgrade when there's minimal upgrades, especially like that. So um, the Apple Watch Series 6, I appreciate everyone who commented on that video and gave me their feedback. But the Apple Watch Series 6, that's kind of a rundown there. I know it's very lackluster. It's not really that exciting. Um, but I think for a lot of people that own older Apple Watches, it's very exciting because it's a more refined product than the Apple Watch Series 5. Um, I think that next year, since we had two iterations of this always on display, next year we should be seeing a redesign of the Apple Watch completely, which I for one am super excited for. I think we need a redesign. Um, we got a small one back, I think, on the Series 4 or Series 5 where it went more edge to edge, but we just need something a little bit more, just something a little bit more to kind of like push us farther away from other products on the market, I think. Um, so that was the Apple Watch Series 6, and Apple also introduced the Apple Watch SE. Now, a breakdown of the SE, it's basically an Apple Watch Series 4 repackaged. There's nothing new, absolutely nothing. It's kind of like the iPhone SE, where you get like all the latest specs and everything like that in a older body so that Apple can like recycle products. So the Apple Watch SE, it's a cheaper cheaper option for people to get into the Apple Watch lineup. And that's the, about the only reason why, um, the only reason why I would suggest the Apple Watch SE is simply if you, if you don't have the money and, and you want to get into the Apple ecosystem. It's a great option. Um, and that's kind of the theme of what Apple was kind of doing this year with the Apple Watch SE, the eighth generation iPad, the iPad Air. And now we have the Apple Watch SE. So the Apple Watch SE, I, I don't really have many thoughts on it because I simply don't have the product, but being an owner of the Apple Watch Series 4 at one time, not having the always on display and all that, it's kind of like going back in time since we already have the, the Apple Watch Series 5 and everything like that. And the difference in price, I feel like you could go get an Apple Watch Series 5 right now for pretty cheap if you get the aluminum stuff and all that. I feel like you should just go get that. Like that's a better choice. Spend a little bit of extra money, get the Apple Watch Series 5, and it'll last you. I mean, my original Apple Watch lasted me until the Series 4. Um, and really, it could have gone longer if I... <laughs> My goodness, that was an awful story. That that's something I discussed in last week's podcast. If you if you don't know what happened to that, basically the display fell out because the glue was getting old, and I could have fixed it, but then it dropped off my dresser and like broke. It was super disappointing. But yeah, your Apple Watches can last for like a solid four years, four to five. So the Apple Watch SE, like for me, it's just one of the products that I, I would not recommend. Now that's why I didn't buy it for a review. Um, but let's get into the eighth generation iPad. Interesting iPad, and I think one of the more important releases at this event for people that want to get into the Apple ecosystem for a cheaper price. And the eighth generation iPad is a way that you can basically turn your laptop into a um, into an iPad. That laptop experience go into the iPad, and I think you'll be set there. So a rundown of what is new. We have the A12 Bionic chip so that was like a couple years ago that was what was in our iPhones um, 32 or 128 gigabytes of memory 
and that's it. That that's all. It has three gigabytes of of uh, RAM, so that's cool. But that's about it. It's the same like form factor, same design as last year's seventh generation iPad, and it's just that original iPad design that we all we all know. It's nothing special. There's still Touch ID. It's not edge to edge display. Um, but for 300 and some dollars and by 300 and some dollars, I think it's like 329 or something like that. It's pretty low. It's pretty low in the $300 range. I think it's a great deal. I think that a lot of like students would be interested. Um, you can still use the Apple pencil. It's the Apple pencil generation one. So you have to take that into account. You still have to place your lightning port Apple pencil on the outside and have it sticking out. I can't tell you how many times when I had an iPad um, that, that had that original Apple Watch, how many times I knocked that off or felt like it was going to break. Um, so you still have to deal with that. But if you're a student, maybe you need this for work, maybe you're a little bit older or something like that, and you just want an iPad that works and you can get iPad OS 14 and it runs smoothly and everything like that, this is perfect. For 300 and some dollars, I'd recommend this iPad all day simply because there's a lot of people out there that don't need those pro features. They don't need like a super retina display or like edge to edge display. They just need something that works, but they need something that works well in the modern era of iPad OS 14. And I feel like that is the product they should be going for rather than investing more into like upgrades and everything like that. And one more thing to say in regards to the iPad is a lot of people were like 32 gigabytes or 128. Like that's a big upgrade. There is no way you need 128 gigabytes on an iPad. Simply this. Um, so Netflix, you can watch all your movies there or Hulu, whatever like service you subscribe to. You can watch your movies there so you don't have to save them on your iPad anymore. Um, you can stream stuff like you can stream music. You can stream so many things, but another thing is if you're a student, if you work on this, if you have a lot of document creation, anything, you can go ahead and use the iCloud. You don't need all this storage nowadays. Um, my iPhone right here, I'll open up my iPhone, and I have 256 gigs on this iPhone, I believe. So let me go ahead and check my iPhone here. So the total capacity I have is 256 gigabytes. I have available 177. So if you do the math, I don't have that much storage being used on my, uh, on my iPhone. That is not that I don't need 256 gigs of storage. I think I have, um, I've used 78 gigabytes of, of 256. That is not that much. And a lot of that is photos, which I could store in the iCloud, like videos and stuff like that. Um, there's just a lot that can go towards the iCloud. So I could easily probably get away with like a 64 gigabyte iPhone. And I think I would be good. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like Apple is increasing the memory, but also like iCloud services are being a lot more relevant or just cloud services in general. So it's like, oh, maybe we could get away with lower memory. So I feel like in the future, we're going to start seeing devices with lower memory because like you could just pay for iCloud. I mean, from a business perspective, it would be better to have that constant monthly subscription versus charging more for more memory because that's just a one-time fee. So in the future, Apple could do that. But 
Um, yeah, eighth generation iPad, I think it was one of the more important releases because it's super fast. You have that tablet experience, it's just really fast with iPadOS 14. Um, you have the Apple Pencil that you can use in the Apple Smart Keyboard. And the Smart Keyboard of old, like the, the flappy ones, the not so nice ones that cost like a ton of money, <laughs> like the iPad Pro ones, um, those are still really good. I using it for the past week, I've actually like, I'm just like, Oh, this is a really great product. So, um, you know, I think that, I think that it would be a great product. Like if you have a child or maybe like you're a student or something like that, it'd be good for them. Even like super young children, if they need an iPad, that would be like a perfect iPad for them. Um, but also if you like need to just get document creation stuff, it's like simple stuff done on it. It'd be perfect. Now, if you're out there, you're like an artist, you want some super accurate pencil, like Apple pencil, like, no, it's not gonna, it's not good for drawing. It's not good for like editing like 4K videos. It's just not good for that. If you're looking for a like camera experience, go somewhere else. Like it's not good. Um, the back and front camera is not good. I, I can tell you that. And I said that in my review video, I'm, I'm putting it a little bit more bluntly <laughs> right now, but, um, they're, they're not good. I mean, I like all iPad cameras are like not that great except for like the newest one. So yeah, that was the eighth generation iPad, but there's one more iPad that kind of won the show. It was the iPad air. The iPad air is a freaking awesome design it's the same design like an ipad pro it has an a14 bionic so that's this year's chip that's going to be in in this year's iphone 12 um, and then an anti-glare screen i mean this is ridiculous uh, the, a lot of people that just brought bought the ipad pro earlier this year i saw a lot of artists buying it a lot of like just creative people buying the ipad pro because it was just that much faster than the 2018 iPad Pro, which by the way, I still have. I still use the 2018 iPad Pro because this year's iPad Pro was just not worth the upgrade um, because the, it was just the same chip with one more unlocked GPU core. It was ridiculous. Um, and then you have like the LiDAR sensor. Like for what? I, I Like I don't use LiDAR, I don't use AR. So, um, you know, for me personally, it just wasn't an upgrade. Um, that I was willing to make. But the iPad Air, for a lot of creative people out there, it's a cheaper option the, than the iPad Pro. You have you obviously have a fast chip, the latest chip. You have a new design, which is really, really nice to have. You can use the Apple Watch Pencil like Series 2. Not the Apple Watch Pencil, the Apple Pencil Series 2. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, the Series 2 Apple Pencil. And then the anti-glare screen is something that you, you obviously saw it in the 5K IMAX this year and then the um, the Apple Pro XDR display. I, I My Pro XDR, XDR display does not have anti-glare simply because I'm not in a situation where I really need it. I like, I, I don't know why you'd have that on on an editing screen. That Oh my goodness, Apple frustrates me sometimes. So quick, quick side road over in this direction here talking about anti-glare screens specifically from Apple. So a lot of artists have wanted anti-glare screens on, let's say, a MacBook Pro, something that you use on the go. Maybe light is affecting you. Um, the the iPads, a lot of people have been purchasing these really expensive anti-glare like and more like soft coating iPad like 
screen protectors so that artists can feel like it's more like a paper experience. And then the anti-glare helps as well. So Apple have, Apple put anti-glare on their latest 5K iMac and then also their um, Pro XDR displays. I own a Pro XDR display. I did not get the anti-glare. That's another $1,000. I like to edit in a room that is darker. A lot of people that like color correction and everything like that will want to edit in a room that is darker because you don't have as much light affecting your, your image and it's just a better experience. You get, you're more focused on what you're creating. That's most of Hollywood. That's most of the people that are gonna be spending like four or $5,000 on a screen alone and then you have like the stand for another thousand. Um, most of the people that are in that position are going to be editing in a completely dark room. So having anti-glare is pretty like stupid, to be honest, for, for a pro XDR display. But that's where we first saw Apple kind of introducing their anti-glare stuff. But let's get back into why it's on the iPad Air. It's a great option for artists. And this is what's pissing a lot of people off. People just bought the iPad Pro, and now you have the iPad Air that's way better, cheaper, and it's... It's amazing. So to me, it was like, oh, this iPad Air is pretty freaking cool, but Apple better create something for the iPad Pro that's much better next year or the year after because the iPad Air is perfect for artists. It's like the perfect entry-level artist iPad now. You don't have to spend a ton of money on an iPad Pro. You can just go straight to the iPad Air, and I cannot wait to get my hands on an iPad Air. I can't wait to review this product because... I think that it's one of the most important products in 2020 that Apple has released, kind of going along with the iPhone SE. Having that iPhone SE was very important to just creating a, a solid entry into the Apple ecosystem. And I feel like that's what Apple is kind of focusing on now with the Apple Watch SE, the iPhone SE, the eighth generation iPad, maybe even the iPad Air for artists who maybe need a higher spec design, but a cheaper price. Apple's focusing on more on how to get people into their ecosystem from other ecosystems or other platforms, bring them into their ecosystem, and then they're kind of like in their ecosystem, but for a cheaper price. So I think that's what Apple is focusing on now, and that's kind of what I got from this event with the Apple Watch SE, the 8th generation iPad, and then the iPad Air. I feel like that was the whole point of those products, and that's why those products are super important, especially the 8th generation iPad and now this iPad Air. If you're an artist out there, you should definitely be looking at this. I think most of my review is going to be artist-based, so I'm gonna kind of reach out to an artist, get their opinion on, on the iPad Air and why they would buy it or not buy it. But um, the iPad Pro, great device. I'd like to see how the iPad Pro compares to the iPad Air speed-wise. I'd, I'd just like to see what, what the difference is. Um, so that'll be a really interesting review. Obviously, I don't have it yet, so I'm not going to talk about the iPad Air too much, but new design, looks like an iPad Pro, A14 Bionic chip, the newest chip in 2020, and then the anti-glare screen. I think that's perfect. Um, so stay tuned for a video on that. Obviously, we don't have those. Those will be coming in a couple weeks. Hopefully, I can get one before the release, and uh, we can kind of uh, do a review on that. But other stuff that they talked about at, at the Apple event, we'll just kind of run over these uh, very very uh, shortly here. Um, Apple One subscription. To me, total ripoff. To me, at least. Um, so basically, it, it 
combines a lot of Apple services like Apple TV Plus. Um, you can get Apple Music, Fitness Plus, like the new Fitness Plus, all that stuff. Um, for me, it would be a total ripoff. Why? Because the Fitness Plus thing is like, I, I don't need Fitness Plus. I don't need people training me. Um, the Apple Music subscription, unfortunately, Apple lost me on that one. So Spotify was just better. <laughs> so like Spotify for me was just, it was just better. At the time that Apple was first releasing their Apple Music subscription service, I was like, I'm tired of downloading music. I just want something that I can stream from my phone. And Spotify was the better option. So I I will commit to kind of trying Apple Music once again and seeing if it if it works for me. But I feel like the Apple One subscription includes so many platforms, so many platforms that I personally don't use that that it would be a waste for me. So let's go ahead and Apple One subscription service. Um, let's go ahead and basically look at all the services that um, they they include with Apple One. And this is this is basically coming later this fall. So if you guys are interested, um, this is what's included. So you have Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, iCloud. So I think you have like higher storage counts there. Apple News Plus, Apple Fitness Plus. So I can tell you at least for me why I say it's not worth it is because I do pay for iCloud currently. I don't pay for Apple TV Plus, but that will be coming soon because I got a new, what did I get? iPad? iPhone. Yes, it was the iPhone. Last year's iPhone 11 Pro came with a year free of Apple TV Plus. So that's what I got. So currently I don't pay for that, but I will. But the only services that I would pay for from these from this Apple One subscription is the Apple TV Plus and the iCloud storage. Either than that, I don't use Apple Music. I'm gonna try it again, but I don't use it. Apple News Plus, heck no, I hate the news, so I'm not gonna subscribe to like a news subscription. Um, Apple Fitness, it is coming like later this year. I'll check it out, but I feel like for me, it's not gonna be worth it um, because I can just exercise on my own and my training is just a little bit different. And then the Apple Arcade, I, I'm not really into games. I have games on my iPhone that I haven't played for like over a year. I'm just not like a gaming person on the iPhone. I prefer stuff like a PlayStation, Xbox, stuff like that. Um, so I'm not going to be really interested in um, the Apple Arcade subscription and all that. Um, so let's let's go over pricing for Apple One. Um, for an individual, it's $14.95 per month. That's a lot. So you get you get Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade and iCloud, 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage. So you get those four services for $14.95 a month. For family, it's $19.95 a month, um, and you can share with five other people, same services. The only way you can get News Plus and Fitness Plus added to those services is by going Premier. That's $30 a month. $30 is insane. I think that's an absolutely insane price. You do get iCloud at two terabytes, but I feel like what people, I feel like people should save their money and go for like maybe if you're a subscriber of Apple Music, Apple TV, the arcade, and iCloud, that would be perfect individual level, $14.95. I would go with that and then save money and go like spend that on like Hulu or Netflix, something like that. Cause you know, these days, like everyone, they don't just have Apple TV Plus. 
if you just had Apple TV Plus, you'd be very lonely and you wouldn't be watching a lot of the like shows everyone's talking about. So save your money there and go get Netflix. Um, but yeah, Apple One, I, for me, it's a ripoff. Um, that's just for me. Don't don't think that like I'm trying to rag on Apple and it's just like, it's just for me, it's a ripoff because Apple TV Plus, I'll be honest with you, there's been a couple shows that I've been interested in and then the movie, the one with Tom Hanks in it, totally forgot what it was. That was a great movie. Um, it was like a thing about like warships and Tom Hanks was in it. So of course it's going to be a pretty good movie. Um, but then the show series C, and I think there was one else, but C was a really good one. And Apple TV Plus, that's the only thing I like good things I can say about Apple TV Plus were those two two things. I know they have some other stuff on it. Um, like Ted Lasso. I really want to see that. I think that would be a uh, funny thing there. But Apple TV Plus isn't as um, kind of ready or it's not as developed as Netflix, HBO and all that because Apple isn't, this is something new for them. It's not, they're not creating shows. They haven't created shows in the past that they can put on subscription platforms. They have to start from the ground up. So it's it's going to be a very long process. And I feel like until that time, um, Apple TV Plus isn't going to be worth the money fully. Um, so yeah, that was Apple One. Uh, one other thing that they introduced was Apple Fitness Plus. That's included in the Apple One subscription in that premier package. Um, but you can get Apple Apple Fitness alone. Like you don't have to get like the the big premier package. Just get Apple Fitness. Um, you can go ahead and just get that on its own but apple fitness is uh coming soon it's coming i it's probably going to be like early next year or something like that or maybe um i i think they'll try to push it out by late december because i mean that would be perfect for january january 1st everyone creates these like big goals and everything and then they get like all these subscription services for um fitness and everything like that so um, it says coming late 2020. That's what they said. It's $9.99 per month or $79.99 per year. Um, basically, oh my goodness. So it's basically programmed workouts for you by the world's top trainers. Um, for me, this is an absolute waste of money. For people that need to get kind of motivation this is perfect if you need someone to be doing a workout for you in front of you and you need kind of guidance this is perfect the only reason why i say it's a waste for me is because i can go out like i ride like i cycle i can go run i can go do i can go play soccer i can play golf i can do like a bunch of stuff without people showing me how to do it so and i don't like exercising at home so it's just not for me but for a lot of people out there this is perfect you hook up your Apple Watch, you have your iPhone or iPad or something like that, and you basically can do your workout. You have someone sitting in front of you, and on screen, you don't even have to look down at your Apple Watch. You can see data from your Apple Watch. You can see heart rate. You can see how many miles you're doing if you're on a treadmill or bike or whatever, how much time you're in and how much time you have left. It's actually a really cool experience, and I think a lot of people will be interested in this. It's just not for me. So don't, don't like when I say it's not for me, it's just not for me. It could be for you though. Um, so definitely check that out. It's on Apple's website right now. You can go to the Apple watch and then go to fitness plus, um, on Apple's website and you can see exactly what it's all about. 
but I think Apple, like the Apple Fitness Plus, I think it's a great idea, but I think a lot of things are going to have to come with that to make it well worth it for a lot of people. Um, so check that out. I think it's going to be something that Apple, again, has to expand upon. They're kind of starting from the ground up, and I'd be interested to see how that works. Pretty much, like, if you think about the new ideas that Apple has, how many of them have totally failed? Not very many. So that's why I'm so curious as to, as to you know, what they're going to do with this program, because you know they're going to push it, and you know they're going to invest into it. So clearly, things might go well for them. So that was that was last week's Apple event. That was everything they announced. Um, no new iPhones, no new like other stuff like Macs and everything like that. Um, so let's get into some of the virtual events that should be happening. And then we'll talk a little bit about kind of the virtual events as a whole, because I think that's going to be very frustrating moving forward. So um, let's quickly, since we're on the topic of Apple, um, the iPhone 12, um, there, there should be like another event coming soon. Everyone's saying it's like October 12, I think, um, where we have a new event, basically featuring the uh, new iPhone, the uh, new iPhone 12, and then um, new Macs. So earlier this year at WWDC, uh, Apple introduced Apple Silicon. Apple Silicon is a new CPU slash GPU processor that's fully made in-house by Apple. This is a huge, huge development. In, in computing. Obviously with the A12, 13, 14 chips that we see like in iPads, iPhones, those are all Apple Silicon. So now they're going to bring that to MacBooks, MacBook Pros. That's gonna be awesome. So Apple said that Macs would be shipping later this year with their new Apple Silicon and I think they're going to be at least announcing something really soon. So what new Mac are we going to see that from? Well, you have to think about it. We obviously have the iPad, we have the iPhone, we have different devices here that have Apple Silicon chips in it already, but these are not very high computing devices. So you have to think like, what are they gonna start out with? Not a Mac Pro, that would be disastrous. I, I don't think Apple is going to expect pros to rely on something so new. So do expect a MacBook, a MacBook Air, maybe a MacBook, like lower level MacBook Pro at the highest to have these new chips in it. So wait for that for about a year. Apple's going to test these products for a year with customers using it, everything like that. They already have like a Mac mini with the Apple Silicon in it for developers only. So far, I haven't heard any bad things about it, but I haven't heard any good things, which is actually kind of concerning. It's kind of like meh. So we'll have to wait and see exactly how that looks. But I think that you will see at the October event, if there is one, a new Mac of some kind coming with Apple Silicon. Maybe an iMac at the very highest an iMac, but one of the lower level ones, not really something that like pros are going to be using to edit video and all that. But if you think about it, the advantages of Apple Silicon could be huge for people who use Final Cut Pro, Logic Pro, everything like that. For me, specifically using Final Cut Pro, if they could create a chip that works perfectly with Final Cut Pro and make everything so much faster, 
that would be really cool. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is purchasing an entirely new Mac Pro just for Apple Silicon. That 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 I could see Apple doing that. Um, that would be a huge dick move um, because I just got a Mac Pro. It was like twenty some thousand dollars, and I needed it for for red footage. Um, this red footage is like I couldn't do it with the iMac, um, the iMac Pro. It just wasn't good enough. Um, so hopefully we have something uh, very soon um, that, you know, in a Mac Pro that I can just switch out the logic board maybe. I don't know. The logic board is probably soldered on. Who knows? That's something Apple would do, like solder on a, a, a logic pro board or a logic board to uh, the, the sides of a Mac Pro. So you have to buy an entirely new one. Um, but yeah, do expect something new on the, on the topic of Apple Silicon later this year. Um, or, you know, maybe even next month. Um, but yeah, th that was kind of the Apple virtual events. I don't know what you guys are thinking about these virtual events. I, for one, am very frustrated about them because it's just so rushed. Um, you know, I was first disappointed at er th this year's earlier, like the earlier event from this year from Apple. Um, it was it was very like lackluster. It was very programmed. It wasn't like, like we were just watching a show that they had produced like weeks earlier. Um, so it, it just, I don't know, it kind of takes the whole like excitement out of, out of something because it's like, oh, it's so scripted and everything like that. Even though most of the Apple events are, it's just, I don't know. It was just weird. Um, and then the, the latest one that really frustrated me was one that I would have been up in Cupertino for, I believe. Um, it was like a, a event kind of invitation that went out to a lot of content creators and everything like that. And those event invitations typically mean like the ones that are sent to creators specifically, those are more like, oh, you can come up and visit us. And it's like, oh, that would have been really cool. So that was kind of frustrating. But talking about other events, there's other companies out there, believe it or not, that are having these virtual events. And it's so frustrating. The NVIDIA event was just an absolute shit show. Um, the NVIDIA event was so cool. They, they released products that were so awesome. But along with these virtual events, you have a lot of leaks and everything like that because it's a virtual event. There's already media out there. Um, they have to pre-record a lot of this stuff and get a lot of stuff out so there's just more room for leaks. And it's like everyone knew what was coming and it was just kind of disappointing. But the NVIDIA event was really cool. They release new products and everything like that that I think are like pretty groundbreaking. And then we have the AMD event. But it's like companies don't really strategically plan these events anymore around specific dates because they don't have to. They can just do everything virtually. They don't need to secure a venue. They can just do things whenever they want, which means that people that saw new products from, from NVIDIA, they're like, wait, there's an AMD event around the corner. And AMD can strategically kind of plan around the NVIDIA event. And like, I don't know, it's just really confusing. Usually those events are weeks apart, not months. And it's all like at, at an event. It's all at one place. So they have to do something then because they've already secured that venue. Now it's like they can just do it whenever they want. They can do virtual stuff. It's just very confusing. One thing that I was really disappointed about was CES 2021. I went to CES last year. It was a really good event, but they're doing it again this year all virtually, and I think that's so confusing. It's going to be a really confusing thing, and I hope that companies don't 
change their event styles to fully virtual even when COVID is gone because that's going to be very frustrating. People like to go to these events. I, for one, have gone to an event like, like CES, and I think that people should go to those events. If you're someone that hasn't been to like NAB, CES, um, you know, any, any of these tech shows, try and go. It's actually really fun. It's a very fun experience. You get to meet new people. You get to see all these really cool products. Last year, or this year at CES, we saw uh, the, the new car from Sony. Um, which is really cool. We saw other electric cars there. Um, we saw a bunch of new tech innovations that I didn't even think was possible, but they're there. So a lot of these virtual events, I know like they're trying to basically maintain the event and kind of keep it alive. But for me, it's just really frustrating because it's like there's no end in sight. And a lot of these virtual events are really kind of lack, 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 lackluster, I guess is the right word. Um, for, for these events because they're just not the same. So it doesn't draw as much excitement. And for me personally, I feel like a lot of this stuff, like I've already gotten invitations for CES 2021 for certain companies. And it's like, okay, you're just trying to pitch me on something. We're not really going to have a conversation about it. We're just going to, you know, sit here, you're going to pitch me and then you're going to expect me to like work with you on something. It's like, I'd rather have a conversation with you like live. And it's just going to be really hard to do that. So virtual events, that's kind of the era that we're in right now. But I think that moving forward, I'd love to get like your opinion on this. Like, do you want virtual events to be something of the future or just something now as kind of like, you know, a solution to a very frustrating problem and then go back to the actual events? Because for me, I'd go back back to the in-person physical like physically in-person events where you can talk to people and everything like that that would be really cool um but i just hope that virtual events don't become a thing i i like apples the most because they put the most time into it they they create like almost like a mini movie but it's just very frustrating because it, it is very scripted and it's just i don't know it's not as, as exciting um but more on the iphone 12 the release dates, obviously, the the event is said to be coming October twelve. I mean, you can't you can't trust what leakers have to say these days. But as far as as far as the design, I feel like there's so many leaks supporting the the design now that it's kind of like a for sure thing. So the design, it's basically going to be a bigger iPhone five or five S. You know those boxy phones that Apple released quite a long time ago. Looks like they're going back to those designs and basically creating an iPhone that is more boxy. I, for one, am really excited about that. I don't know about you guys, but I like a more boxy design and I think that would be pretty cool. Um, but I, what I hope is that with the iPad Air, something that we didn't discuss earlier, because I have yet to like test the iPad Air, the iPad Air comes with Touch ID on the power button. Something that I think is really cool, but it's like, Apple, why have you been doing this forever? I would really love to see Touch ID coming back to the iPhone. I know people are like, why would you want that? Face ID is really difficult to use in certain situations. It would be nice to be able to use Touch ID on like a power button or something like that. So I really hope it comes back. I, I really do. So hopefully with that new design, we see like Touch ID coming back. Um, I'd really love to get rid of the camera bumps on the back. That, that's really annoying because like you almost have to use a case to lay it down on the table and like 
it not rock and roll and everything like that. So that would be cool. And then one other thing with this new boxy design, I think you'll be able to fit more battery inside. So that would be really fun to see. Um, if you're looking for USB-C, not going to happen. There's a lot of reasons as to why Apple doesn't want to switch to USB-C. You see it on the uh, MacBook Pros, like the Mac Pros, like all the Pro devices have USB-C, and I think even some non-Pro devices have USB-C. That is only because it's a faster method of transfer versus USB 2. It's not really like a, it's not really something that Apple wants to shift towards. It's just that's their only option. In the future, for phones specifically, Apple will want to go completely wireless. That's why they're working on that that ridiculous device that they're taking so long to build. The Apple, like the charging platform, totally lost my mind on, on uh, lost my thought on what the name of that is because it's been so long um, since they've uh, kind of announced that. Um, basically, they're, they're focusing more on wireless charging, wireless data transfer. I mean, think about it. How many times have you taken your phone and backed up your iPhone physically with a cable to your, to your Mac? I can't tell you the last time I did. It's all like over-the-air backups and everything these days. Um, other than charging, what do you use your cables for? I, I don't use mine for anything. I just use it for faster charging. But if you can get fast charging, which they already have for wireless, but if you can get even faster charging for wireless, that'd be awesome. Why would you need a cable? Then you have more space on the bottom for more battery, more features, everything like that. So I don't think that's going to be coming with the iPhone 12. But the iPhone 13, I think, will. And here's the reason why. It's just not, it's not time yet. It's not time. I know Apple is usually the first to, like, do stupid stuff, like the notch and, like, just switching stuff like no headphone jack i don't think it's time yet i think it will be coming with the iphone 13 but i don't think apple has the proper ecosystem to kind of move fully over to a wireless design they may surprise you but i personally think that it's not going to happen until next year but don't expect USB-C. don't expect um like all these crazy new things I think it's going to be the same iPhone 11 Pro Max design. We'll obviously have LiDAR because we we saw that earlier this year. Um, we'll have that new boxy design. Maybe Touch ID in the in the button since we have it on the 8th generation, or not the 8th generation, the iPad Air. And um, maybe a smaller notch. Maybe. I hope so. But maybe a smaller notch. Don't expect anything else. Um, yeah, that's going to be this year's iPhone, in my opinion. Um, as far as rumors and everything goes, that rumors basically support that. They say that there's going to be 5G. I think there, that there will be 5G. I, I can't see a reason why Apple wouldn't include 5G. Um, but my personal wish list would actually kind of like cover all of that. I think the colors are going to be a, a kind of topic of interest to a lot of people. Um, but either than that, I really hope they keep the frosted glass back design. I really like that. Um, something that Google started out with and Apple picked up and did really well. So I really hope that is that is back on the iPhone. Um, but other than that, I, I just everything that we've heard about is on my wish list. So hopefully that's what we see next next month. I'm really excited about the iPhone 12. But for your expectations, just don't expect something so drastically new. Because I think that you know when you take a look at the iPhone. 11 and 11 pro 
um, these devices are cool, but there needs to be some refinement to make these products just a little bit better. And then we'll switch to a, a bigger, better design. So yeah, that's the iPhone 12. Um, I'd love to know, like if you wanna go tweet me or comment on one of my videos or something like that about the iPhone 12, like what you wanna see and everything like that, that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've gone over rumors in the past. I don't really like doing it on the channel because I feel like it gives a lot of people's hopes up. <laughs> they're like, oh, the event, like they're releasing the iPhone 12 at a September 15 event. And then, oh, I was wrong, but they're releasing it next month. And I, I talked a little bit about this in my last episode, but I don't like doing that. So that's why I don't discuss that on the channel, but here I'll discuss it. Um, Cause it's just a natural conversation, but the iPhone 12, I think is going to be something that um, kind of implements a lot of the technologies that we've seen in like the iPad pro earlier this year with the LiDAR, like that camera, expect the same camera configuration on the iPhone 11 pro. The iPhone 11 Pro Max, no, the iPhone 11. The iPhone 11 Pro Max will get a, a bigger camera with the, like the three cameras and everything like that. But on the iPhone 12, the iPhone 12, expect that same camera from the, the iPad Pro earlier this year, from earlier this year. Um, I think the Touch ID and the button, I think these are technologies that are going to come to the iPhone. Obviously with the iPad Air, they announced the A14 Bionic chip. That's going to be in in uh, that's going to be in the iPhone 12. We've already seen a lot of stuff that's going to be in the iPhone 12. You can even like think of think of like Apple Watch stuff. Maybe an altimeter in the iPhone 12. That would be cool. Um, so just think about some of the things that we've already seen before, just a little bit more refined and all in one package. I think that's what the iPhone 12 is going to be. We're not going to see much of anything new. We're just going to see a kind of complete not complete, not compilation or like just a combination of all these products being brought into one, one package. So that's the iPhone 12, but guys, that's it for top topics on today's show. But yeah, just really interesting what Apple is doing in the world right now. Um, obviously around this time of the month or this time of the year, really, um, we're going to be talking a lot about Apple products and, um, you know, I, I hope you guys enjoy the reviews. If you guys have any like topics that you want to kind of discuss specifically about these products in these reviews, just comment. I'd, I'd love to know. I'd love to hear what you guys want to hear or what, like what you want to test and everything like that. So that it gives you a better idea of like, you know, buying that product or not, but I will be testing the blood oxygen level sensors in the eye or in the Apple watch series six. That is for sure happening. I have a pulse oximeter here that takes the blood oxygen level. I had that when I had COVID. It was in like, you have to have that if you have any symptoms of COVID. And um, luckily I didn't have any like lung issues. So like blood oxygen levels were perfect, but it was just really nice to have that device. So I will test that device against the Apple Watch Series 6. That'll be a full video and I'll be uh, doing a lot of research on that. So stuff like that. If you guys want to see more stuff like that, just comment, tweet me, do whatever you want to do. Um, like however you want to contact me, just let me know. Um, specifically with the iPad air, I am going to like consult an artist for that one because I think the anti-glare screen is going to be a point of interest for a lot of artists out there. So if you guys want like any more, uh, kind of topics or kind of research done on the iPad air, like that new touch ID sensor, let me know. 
Um, I'm more than willing to take a look, a deep dive look into stuff that you guys want to see because like that's the whole point of people on YouTube or people like me that are reviewing stuff. Like, don't go out and spend your money until you watch a ton of reviews. You don't have to watch my review and then go buy a product. I would actually like you to go watch several creators, see difference of opinions, and then make your own kind of decision based upon those those several opinions that you see on the YouTube platforms. That's how you should be buying products, not listening to companies like Samsung, Apple, LG, you know, all these companies that have brilliant marketing strategies because as I just kind of told you earlier, the Apple Watch Series 6 includes three really new quote-unquote features. The always-on display, that's something physical that you can't do on a, on a different device. Blood oxygen level, those are totally brand new sensors, so you can't have that on an older device. And then the new uh, materials. Those are the only three things, but Apple made it seem like a bunch of other stuff was included in the Apple Watch Series 6 when you can really just get that with a simple software update, watchOS 7. So that's, it's not, they're not trying to trick you. That's just like when you have a new product that only has three new things, it's really just like you have to throw everything at it, even stuff that's not really relevant. So stuff like that. Um, the, the LG phones, the Samsung phones, if they're not good, they're going to make it sound like it's great, like you actually need that. But a reviewer like myself or someone else on YouTube, they're going to say, hey, this isn't worth it or this is totally worth it. So definitely get opinion of multiple people on the on the YouTube platform or any other platform to kind of like guide you in your decision because that's the benefit of YouTube. You don't have to buy products, test them and then like return them or, you know, everything like that. You can just get people's opinion. So yeah, um, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for joining uh, joining me in today's episode. Moving forward, every single Friday, I will have a new episode on this platform. It's anchor.fm slash updated, I believe. Um, but we're on several platforms. So if you go to um, the main, the main like anchor.fm slash updated, you can see all of the platforms that we're on. I think the only two major platforms is that I want to get on is Google Podcast and then like um, Apple Podcast. Um, but yeah, you can check us out on all of those. As I said, you can check out videos of uh, the YouTube channel if you if you are not coming from YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/updated. And then um, what else? Uh, Twitter at Jeff Updated. You can tweet me there. Um, if you guys do get any new products, I'd, I'd actually love to see them. So if you get a new setup or something like that and uh, you want to show me, definitely tweet me. I'd love to see uh, what you guys have, uh, you know, as far as like your new Apple Watches, new iPads, everything like that. Just love to see it. Um, I kind of like seeing what people buy and what they what their setup is. It'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, guys, I will have more content in the near future on um the Porsche Taycan. Um, that was a cool video I was working on. That's why I didn't have an episode last week. Um, I only had that car for a week and I had to get the content for that. So that will be coming very soon. Um, what else was there? There was a few other updates I wanted to give you guys. Um, obviously the iPad Air, I'm going to try and get my hands on one before that is officially released to the public um, for, for use. So I can get an opinion to you guys before um, you know you, you can order those. Um, so hopefully I can get my hands on that. Um, what else was there? Oh, there's uh, live streams. So a lot of you guys, I was doing live streams on the YouTube platform. Uh, a lot of people like that, just like live interaction with me. 
I, I personally really enjoyed it and I will be starting that up again. It's just really hard with the current setup I have here in this very tiny room. It's just very hard to do. Um, I switched my setup and it was like, I moved stuff out. I moved stuff in. It was just, it, it wasn't good. Um, so I'd like to have a dedicated setup for those live streams and, um, in a new studio. And once that happens, I will resume the live streams and be able to talk with you guys live. And um, we'll kind of put that into maybe a podcast format as well. That would be really cool. Um, so like podcast will have more kind of like live people, like one-on-one stuff, not just me. <laughs> so um, you won't get bored with just me talking. I'll have guests on the show and everything like that. And then the live streams as well, more diverse content, everything like that with the new studio. So stay tuned for that. It's actually coming sooner than you think. I know like it, the hardest part this year has been like people taking your money. It's really hard. People like people don't want to take your money. I'm like, I have money for rent. I'm trying to pay you for rent. I'm trying to expand on stuff and no one seems to want to rent me anything. It's, it has nothing to do with credit. It has nothing to do with anything else. I like my luck is just terrible. All the places that are available um, and people will like, oh, you can move in now. You can like do this now. You can, you know, whatever. Just come on in. They're absolutely crap places. I live in the worst area for renting, but all the best places, they're like, oh, we, we don't have room or like it's super expensive, like way over. I'm not talking like too expensive for me. I'm like for anyone, it would be really expensive. We're talking like L.A. prices for rent out here, 60 miles away from L.A. Um, so, yeah, it's that will be coming very soon. I'm not going to uh, kind of divulge anything on that, but it will be coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, so hopefully we'll get all of that sorted out pretty soon here. And then we can get those two, those two items taken care of, like the, the interviews and stuff like that for the podcast and then also the live streams. Um, but yeah, more content as well coming very soon. As I said, the Porsche video um, coming very soon. And then we have some other stuff as well. So hopefully you guys join me for that on the YouTube channel. But in the meantime, I hope you all have an awesome weekend. It is Friday, best day of the week, but I hope you guys have an awesome weekend as well. And uh, stay safe out there. And then hopefully I'll see you, or not really see you, hopefully we'll just kind of interact next Friday through this podcast. But in the meantime, I will have some more content on the YouTube platform, so join me there. Or if you want, just want to shoot me a message or whatever, you can do so on Twitter. Or the best place is actually Discord. You can DM me on Discord. You can message me on the Discord like channel platform. Um, if you go to, uh, the YouTube about section, you can see more, um, like about section on my channel. You can see more information on the discord, um, or just one of my videos in the video description. There's a link to discord. Um, so you can check me out there as well. So guys enjoy your weekend, stay safe, and I'll see you next week in episode three.